right, folks. Well, here we are. We're back. Uh, what is this? Episode six? Episode six. There we are. Uh, well, it's fun to be here. Uh, we've got a special somebody here. Uh, we're excited to introduce you guys in just a moment. We're going to have a lot of fun today. It's uh, a great night. Uh, Jay, we've got a candle burning. Uh, no baseball on outside like last time. No softball. Uh, but we've got basketball on. So how about that? Yeah, we got some basketball on later tonight, too. We're going to have some World Baseball Classic. That's been uh, kicking up, been playing, so we do have some sports on the TV. There you go. Well, you can't beat that. Uh, we were talking with, uh, just talking today a little bit, man. Right now, there's not a much, for me at least, a much better time of year. You get March Madness, right? You get the tournament schedules, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, whatever, you know. And then baseball starting. You got spring training, which we'll preview a little bit. I'm headed out tomorrow for spring training. I'm excited for that. You, it's be, you got a long drive ahead of you. It's yeah, 12, 12 to 14 plus hours. Uh, go down to Bradenton, Sarasota, Siesta Key area. Um, six games, five days. Six games, five days. Should be good. Uh, but here we go. So, hey, we're calling this one, Unless the Lord Builds the House. Unless the Lord Builds the House. Uh, we'll get into the details uh, in a little bit. Uh, but, man, we're going to be previewing and talking about, uh, man, having such a fun conversation today uh, with our special guest, which I said we'll introduce in just a moment. So, hey, Jay, do you, did you have something that you wanted to share just a little bit with the, with the folks out there? Yeah, I want to share something really an exciting, an exciting announcement. We were sitting down not too long ago, and we were talking about the vision of the podcast and really what we want it to look like things that we want to do in the future. And one of the things that we talked about is we want to be on mission. We want this to be able to be a platform that God uses to allow us and the people who are invited in to listen to be the hands and feet of Christ in this area um, and in this world. And an exciting opportunity has popped up. Uh, when it, we were talking about that, funny enough, we were, we were like, well, what would it look like to do an equipment drive, like a baseball equipment drive, get some baseball equipment together, and then try to find somewhere to donate. Um, and that was a conversation just you and I had. I don't think we had really talked to anybody about it. I got an email this Monday uh, from someone from Unicycle, uh, Miss Jamie Oakley from Unicycle. And what Unicycle is, is it's a program that collects outgrown not worn out items to fill closets for MNPS schools or Metro Nashville public schools. Mostly what they do is school uniforms. So they have people donate school uniforms um, and then they will distribute those. Just recently, they were actually uh, reached out to by a baseball coach uh, asking for anything and everything baseball, <laughs> which is really cool and it's just amazing to see how God worked that out. And so we are going to be partnering with them with uh, CPA Baseball and also with the podcast as well. So if you're listening to this, we're going to be posting uh, graphics for Unicycle on social media. Um, if you have any baseball items, cleats, pants, bats, uh, gloves, any sort of turf shoes, maybe just baseball gear that you have outworn like a like a quarter zip hoodie or maybe a pair of batting gloves you've never used, anything that you have that you would like to donate, uh, please do. Starting next week, uh, we'll be out of town for spring break, but starting on March 20th, Monday, March 20th, if you have anything that you would like to bring by, you can drop them off at Christ Presbyterian Academy CPA um, in the middle school, room 103, or you can just drop them off at the front desk. Uh, or you can bring them to the high school 
at CPA at room 107 or drop them off at the front desk there. Two, 207. Is that what I said? What? I say 107. 207. My bad. Room 207. Uh, get those there. If you are not in the area but would like to participate, uh, please reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, reach out to Parker or I individually, and we can uh, see to it that those items get mailed here so you can be a part of this. If you don't have any baseball items but you would still like to participate, Unicycle has started a new initiative called the Hero Family Fund, and that uh, is raising money to host a fund used by the Homeless Education Resource Office, which Hero is uh, the acronym there, and it's for daily necessities, necessities that aren't readily provided by other nonprofits. So their first purchase, and this is awesome, uh, they purchased a pair of soccer cleats for a boy at a middle school who is currently homeless but made the school soccer team. And I think that is just so cool to imagine how God can use soccer in, in that young, young man's life. So we will get details out for Unicycle on social media. We will get details out for the Hero Family Fund on social media. And we invite you guys in to be a part of this. Let's be God's hands and feet here, and let's love this area well. Yeah, man, thanks for saying that. Uh, and what a gift it is for us to be able to partner with a team like them. We're excited for that and just the growth of the podcast. But at the, at the end of the day, we've said this before, man, this podcast is not for us. You know, it's not for us. Uh, we, 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 you know, we, we enjoy it. We're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, but it's not for our fulfillment. You know, it's not for you and I to feel really, really good about ourselves. But, man, we really do want it to uh, – we want to serve other people with it. And so uh, how cool is it that we were talking about this um, and now the opportunity is present itself. So we're excited about it. You guys on Instagram, at uh, Field of Faith Podcast, uh, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, y'all give us a follow. Y'all see some of those posts. And, um, man, y'all join us on this journey and this partnership. It's going to be pretty awesome. So uh, we're excited for it. Uh, but, hey, uh, let's introduce our special guest. How about, are you ready? I, I'm, I'm ready. I don't think I've been this excited for an episode yet, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this is the most excited I've been as well. Um, you know, it, it's funny – where we're at. This is just a full circle moment. Um, Steve, I'll give him his name. Uh, you're, you guys see his name in the in the uh, description or the, the, the title of the episode. Uh, but Steve was my sixth grade math teacher and my sixth grade advisor. Was he really? I didn't know he was your advisor. Yeah, Steve was my advisor in sixth grade, and he also spoke over me at eighth grade crossover. So I've, I've known Steve for several years. So how cool is this? I've actually got video of it. I won't play it, but I've got video of it. Steve, I'll show you in a little bit. Uh, but, man, Steve Linger. How about that, Jay? Guest numero uno. He's going to be on the trivia answer on a, uh, some trivia show one day. Maybe a trivia show that's going to be searching for material. Uh, but you'll be the answer to a trivia question. Guest numero uno. There we go. Steve, welcome in. Well, thank you guys. It's great to be here. There are very few times in your life where you get to be the first at something, and uh, this is pretty awesome to be able to be. Uh, you guys have have handed the keys over that you've you've built this, and and you've entrusted me to to be a part of this. So I'm really excited about it as well, like you guys were talking about. But I'm just grateful for the opportunity to to be here. I've been able to to listen to you guys the last weekend. I was mowing the grass and listened to the first three episodes, and excited about the journey that you guys are on. Um, I enjoy two of my favorite things is my athletics and talking about sports and then talking about your faith. And so you guys are making the choice to mold that all into one 
podcast and it's been pretty awesome to listen to and excited about uh, the, the journey that you guys are on. Sweet. Well, we are so excited to hear your heart, um, all the wisdom that you've got and, and really uh, the mission of the podcast, Jay, uh, Steve, alike, they know this, uh, but the intersection of sports and the gospel, uh, everything that we want to talk about, uh, we want it to point back towards uh, the cross of Christ, uh, the gospel. That's why we had uh, an episode two weeks ago, What is the Gospel? Because everything that we do wants to point back to that. And so I think today is going to be such an awesome time for us to do that uh, and do just that. So, uh, but we've got some fun things to talk about at the beginning. So Jay, Steve, you guys just got back from D.C., if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so let's talk about that just for a minute. Yeah, so we we landed last night at, what, 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock. Was, was whenever we got back in. It was a great trip. I thought it went really well. I'm tired today. I'd say you are too. I feel like we have to talk about We went to a Wizards game while we were there. Wizards and Hawks. Wizards and Hawks. So I feel like it's only right that we sit down and we talk about the game everyone's wondering about, the Atlanta Hawks against the Washington Wizards Wednesday night basketball. I was expecting a player in the game to just go off and have an amazing game. And – it happened, but not to the player I thought. I, I expected Trey Young just to have a night that we would talk about. I thought he would have too. He did at the very end. He he had a quiet game, but at the very beginning, the very end, he turned it on. He hit a three and had a little shimmy, which was uh, pretty fun to watch. But Chris Stapp's Porzingis just absolutely went off in the game. Apparently he's called the Unicorn. He's, Is that correct? Yep, the Unicorn. And we had... What three jerseys? Three, three jerseys that were bought. Two Chris Stapps Porzingis jerseys. I can only imagine the kids bought the bought the jerseys at the game. At the game, <laughs> so it was women's uh, night. It was honoring women, and so the uh, Washington Wizards were wearing a pink uh, uniform, pink jersey. And so our, of course, our boys were excited about the opportunity to buy a pink jersey. They were, and they were. We looked down in the front row at one point. And I mean, we had some, we had one of our students just who had all of a sudden Matthew became the biggest Wizards fan, I think, in the entire arena. Like I was moderately worried that he was going to get teed up at one point from section 409. And he was he was hands up screaming like every play that that was as fun to watch as the game was. Don't you think, Steve? It was a lot of fun watching our boys celebrate and get excited about a team they've probably never even they may not even have known who was on the roster until that night yeah <laughs> they might if they did it was probably only because they'd played 2k and that was about it but it would we have some brand new Porzingis fans for life hey talk about uh playing and and coaching and now being a fan free and loved how about that those kids are free and they're loved baby they were they were definitely i don't if you want to say cheering free and loved i don't know there was zero uh they they weren't holding back when they were cheering definitely free definitely definitely free with it without a doubt there uh it was a close game the wizards kind of blew it at the end uh maybe if we would have cheered a little bit harder who knows they might have pulled it out but wizards hawks it was a pretty pretty good game pretty intense it was pretty intense fun fun game to go to so that really trip was great had a good time they do it they do a good job with the trip our kids were were great but i'm tired i'm glad to be back aren't you uh, i'm glad to be back glad to have a week in, ahead of me where i don't have a whole lot going on and re- recover a little bit um i'll I tell you the city of washington dc is one of the top cities in the world uh we we honor and celebrate and remember uh those who 
uh, made made such an important uh, investment into the, the early stages of our country. And I think the United States just does an incredible job of celebrating and honoring and remembering um, those the heroes that came before us. So that was just it was a it's it's definitely a humbling uh, city to visit, and, and it's a joy. It's a lot of fun, and to go with uh, middle school students and hopefully give them an introduction, a little bit of help them to um, just be appreciative of, of what we've got in the United States. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I feel like one one phrase I heard uh, said a lot is, wow, that's well done. Like pretty much all the monuments, everything, the museums there is just very, very well done. It's a great trip. Uh, moving on, though, there's some news that just broke today. We are sitting down, we're recording on Friday, March 10th. The Chicago Bears just moved down they traded the number one pick I think it's only like the seventh time in NFL history that the number one pick has been traded last time was in 2016 the Rams traded up and they drafted Jared Goff uh, which you can debate on how that turned out for them he did take him to a Super Bowl but I was wondering what are your guys thoughts on the trade is there somebody here that's a Bears fan we've got one do we have a Bears fan oh yeah Oh yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. I could I could go for a while, but before we get going, I'm just I want to know what you guys think. All right, I'll, I'll start. Um, I'll say this: I know they got a lot in return, and at the same time, I don't think they got enough in return. Uh, the one overall pick is a big deal. Uh, I think DJ Moore is very good. I think he's great, actually. I think he's a he's a you know. He's a great wide receiver, and he really does solidify their core uh, of Mooney, Claypool, and um, and now him. Uh, I think it could be really, really good. Uh, now, moving back to nine is, for me, the curious part behind it uh, because I don't know who they could get at nine. I guess who they anticipate that they want would drop. There's a lot of thoughts that I've got, but, man, what, a second round, a first round, which is the ninth, and then – uh, another second. Another second. Okay, and then it's the and the DJ Moore. So that's what they got. So Steve, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, to be honest, the Bears were in a unique position as having the number one pick, and I think there's a little Lovey Smith conspiracy theory here. Lovey Smith, who coached the Bears, build a Lovey Smith statue out, outside of Soldier Field right now. Absolutely, it needs to be built. I think Lovey Smith. Um, uh, told the Texans what he thought about them, and then also did his former team a little uh, a little help in there as well. But um, what I think the Bears knew they had their franchise quarterback, and they're believing in Justin Fields, uh, and they also knew they were probably wanting to go defense and felt like they could move down. But the one piece that that you got to think about is this gives them four picks in the next three years, and what that does salary cap wise is allows them to play some guys who. If you've got two first-rounders and two second-rounders, you've got four starters. So four of your 22 starters will be on their rookie contracts, which then also allows you to have the money, the financial uh, capabilities, to probably do a little damage in free agency as well. So now you've got four draft picks over the next three years, plus you've got uh, free agency money to go help Justin Fields and build on whether it's a line, whether it's offensive line or whatever it is that they need. Uh, so I can see their, their roster – um, next year and in in, uh, definitely in, in 2025 looking very different than what it looks now. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and Jay, we'll give you the mic in just a second. We realize that you've got a lot of opinions. Uh, you're ready to talk. Uh, folks, right here, he, he, is, he is making fists at me, angry that I'm holding the mic. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but something that I think about is, my, this is my, you know, my, my curiosity again. It's like, 
you know, I don't think they need much on offense, if I'm, you know, honest with you. Now, Jay probably has different opinions. I think now the Jets are a team that come to mind, Steve, when you're talking about that. The Jets were the worst team, and then they came and won nine games this season, I think. Nine, I think it was nine. Uh, offensive and defensive rookies of the year. Uh, had both guys, and they've got opportunity this offseason to go sign somebody uh, because they have the cap room, because they're starting rookies, they're starting young guys. It, it does remind me of that. Um, and, Jay, again, I'd love to hear your opinions here. I think offensively, uh, I'm, you know, everybody could use offensive line work. I think you guys are there. Running back-wise, David Montgomery's fine. Um, but I think you guys could work on the defense for sure. And that's where my questions come up. It's like, Will Anderson, you know, uh, talk about a guy like Will Anderson. And I'm an Alabama fan. I enjoy them. But and, and though I don't feel like he would be the, the honorary number one overall pick, he's not going down to nine. And you guys did just lose every opportunity to go get a guy like him. You know what I mean? So those are where my, my, my questions come. It's like, man, if you want to get a stud defensive man like an Aiden Hutchinson, like a Sauce Gardner, you know, like those guys last year that played so well uh, for the Lions and the Jets, Will Anderson, I think, is going to be a good guy for that. And now you've lost your opportunity. So that's where my questions come up. Um, I'm no NFL, you know, guy. Uh, but I, I don't know. I've got some questions. But overall, probably a good move, you know, just in the long term, just like Steve, you were saying. I think that's a great move. And here's a twist for a team that really needs a defensive player is you've got Jalen Carter, who's now got some legal questions, um, was a top, definitely a top five talent uh, we'll most likely we'll see him drop in the draft. And so would a team like Chicago say, hey, at, at, at pick nine, we're okay uh, taking one, probably one of the top two or three talents in the draft. And so if you're, if you're picking a guy like Jalen Carter who may drop and you get him at nine, um, you know, then they really didn't lose a whole lot. Yeah, that's kind of how I think with that. Like if they – with Jalen Carter, with everything that's come out recently, if they would have traded down to four – with Indianapolis there's still quite a bit of risk there with Carter if you if he's falling to nine that's a less risky pick overall looking at the trade obviously I'm biased but I love the trade I think you move down I think the the biggest reason why I love this trade is now you have Carolina at number one they're obviously going to take a quarterback you have Houston at number two they're going to take a quarterback you have Indy at number four They've been vocal that they're going to take a quarterback. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see a team trade with the Cardinals at number three to try to get a quarterback. I think we might see a run of four quarterbacks taken before number nine. And if you have four quarterbacks taken within those picks, you're going to get some defensive players sliding. Now, I don't think Will Anderson slides that far, but Jalen Carter might. Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech might his wingspan is like I, I've got it up here seven foot two for a, a wingspan and edge guy I think they've positioned themselves pretty good to still get a solid defensive player uh, they have a lot of cap flexibility here and what I love about this trade yeah they they might not be getting a ton of picks back but they have been stockpiling receivers through trades right you have yeah, Mooney, you already had him on the roster this season. They got Chase Claypool. They just acquired DJ Moore here. Uh, free agent class doesn't really have anything for, for receivers. I think Jacoby Myers is like the top receiver available in free agency. So to acquire these guys in trades who might not be available in free agency, 
I think is a smart move. And now you have that financial flexibility to be able to extend those guys or go out and sign the defensive players that you need to fit your scheme. All right, a little foreshadowing here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, this may not be the first time in, in this uh, lesson in this session today that, that I'm gonna do this. So, okay. all right, opening day, uh, uh, game one for the Carolina Panthers. Who strolls out to quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? I think I've got an opinion here too, and that's actually what I was gonna say. Uh, probably the hot pick here, uh, Anthony Richardson. I know it's crazy, but I think Anthony Richardson. If I'm honest, I've seen him throw. I've seen his body. I've seen his speed. I think he ran a 4-4 flat, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I really could be. But I want to say it was 4-4, It was. I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, I was talking with my dad before I, you know, we started recording, and I think Anthony Richardson could be the guy. Huge ceiling. Crazy pick there. I'll be honest with you. Again, Bama guy, I don't think it's Bryce for the, for the Panthers. I think Bryce goes to Houston. Uh, we'll, we'll do a whole draft recap one day or, or a, um, a preview one day, but I think that's where I've got Bryce's to Houston. Uh, C.J. Stroud, for sure, I could see him there, but I, if I'm honest, I really do see Anthony Richardson, the guy, fitting that offense, not as Cam Newton did, but as a Cam Newton could, something similar to that. So I think it's Anthony, Anthony Richardson. I think for me, I, I think C.J. Stroud is going to go. I think he's going to be a Panther. He tore up the combine. Uh, he's got the size. He's 6'3". I know that's one of the knocks on Young, which, I mean, I don't know how much that really matters because you have guys like Breeze, uh, pre-Broncos, Russell Wilson. You have guys who have been smaller and have had success, but I think I think C.J. Stroud is going to be the guy at number one. I think I do think, though, we're going to see some team move up. I think Anthony Richardson's going to go higher than what everyone thought way before because he did like he ran like you said a 4-4 flat just killed the combine definitely helped himself out there Steve what do you think number one I think that Anthony Richardson is a hot it's a hot take a hot take coming out coming right off the combine Um, I do think cooler heads will prevail I think you uh, the measurables look amazing when you look at them but I think you still got to go to the film you got to watch him Uh, how did he compete in uh, against SEC talent and he was definitely in my mind he's he's a notch below those top three quarterbacks so um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go cj stroud is a carolina panther uh week one next year week one there we go you want to put five bucks on it i do not (laughs) neither do i because i'm gonna be wrong (laughs) Uh, but man it was it was worth a shot uh but anthony richardson i know it's a hot take uh but you know he I killed know. the combine he did kill the combine he's six four, two thirty two, something like that i mean crazy fast too so yeah i feel like if if you were on if you're on madden and you like go to create a player and you're creating a, a quarterback or something just to go out and have fun with you might create anthony richardson or a player like him like just to go at, he's big he's strong he's fast he's got a cannon like i mean he he is toolsy very high ceiling uh, bold, bold take. We'll see how that pays off. Hey, I'm here for the hot takes. Uh, so here we go. Hey, let's. Try, do you do you want to add anything else to your Bears talk, or are you feeling good? We'll uh, we'll save it for another day. I it's it's new news, initial reaction. I love it, but uh, we'll wait as we get closer to the draft because I feel like I could go on for a while on this. Yep, and I feel the same about Titans. Uh, I think I think we'll we'll talk 
Bears Titans one day uh, before the draft. Uh, but hey, here we are. We're in March, uh, March tenth as we record, and March Madness starts. Uh, we're recording on a Friday. March Madness starts on is it is it Thursday, Steve? Is it start on Thursday? Well, you've got the, the no, playing, playing games, games on Tuesday, Wednesday, but the the, but the bulk of the games will be Thursday, and that's one of my favorite days. Right. It starts about eleven in the morning and yeah. it goes till midnight. Yep. So so yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Wednesday will be the play. Okay, good deal. Uh, but Thursday, Friday, all day. So let's do a quick preview because we're going to be out um, this week out and about um, doing our spring break things I'm going to be heading to Florida for spring training Jay's going to be heading to Arizona so uh, before all this happens we want to just give you guys a quick opinion on our side a quick preview of March Madness I'm looking at Joey Brackett's bracket right now he's got Kansas's number one overall I think it's very fair Um, however Bill Self is not with Kansas right now in the tournament I don't know how much that changes. Um, I think the Big 12 is a hard conference to win. Super, super hard conference to win. I mean, Texas plays TCU tonight, uh, even Iowa State and Kansas. To me, those are all four teams that could win the whole thing. Um, and so Kansas is the one overall. I'll give it to you. Uh, but really what I want to talk about is Alabama looking at the, the two overall probably. Um one B, I guess, if you'd say that. I think they're ahead of the Birmingham. I think they're going to have a great road ahead. Um, man, I think Tennessee, looking at a three here, is way too high. Lost to Missouri today. Um, man, I, there's a lot of opinions that I've got here. Um, man, I think my my, my um, kind of underdog, and, and maybe not so much underdog, would be Texas A&M. Maybe even a team like Arizona State, which sounds crazy at an 11. Um I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of great teams um, out there. I think Purdue is good, obviously. Uh, a team that I do love to watch, though, that I love, and they get really, really hot in March, though, is UCLA. Uh, fellow, actually, CPA Lion for a couple of years, Tiger Campbell runs the point guard for them. Uh, was at CPA for a couple of years, so it's really fun to see him um, you know, play on the big stage. They knocked out Alabama a couple of years ago uh, in the big tournament. Uh, but, man, it, it should be a fun ride just seeing all these things. Man, it's it's finally fun to see Gonzaga not as a one. Uh, I mean, they win their tournament every year, but they're looking at a three, you know, probably a three. They did win their tournament again. Um, I think, hey, here's a hot thing. You, here's my hot take again. I, I gave Anthony Richardson. I'm going to give another one. I think Vanderbilt beats Kentucky tonight, and I think Vanderbilt makes, it, makes their way into the tournament. Um, I think Vanderbilt, if they do beat Kentucky, they'd have to get by. They, well, I think this is the truth. They'd have to get by Arkansas or A&M, whoever wins tonight, if they get by Kentucky. I think at that point they make the tournament. I think Vanderbilt <laughs> – now, they wouldn't make it very far in the tournament. But Vanderbilt's uh, somebody to, to look at. I would love for Vanderbilt to make the tournament. So, I don't know. We could go on and on and on. Uh, I think Alabama's going to go far, but my, my underdog, um, man, I don't know, probably Texas A&M to do something, some damage. I think they've got – a lot, a lot of good players. So that's my quick preview. There you go. Uh, I know I have Steve backing me up on this. Uh, our focus on the tournament preview will probably be be very similar. We'll be focusing on the best conference in America, the Big Ten Conference. Let's go. Uh, so Illinois, they're rough they night last night. Rough night last night. Lost to Penn State. They are projected to still get in the tournament uh, at a nine seed right now. So who knows? The nine seed is a spot where if you get past the first game, you have a you have a chance at the one seed. If you knock off the one seed, you're in a good spot. Now with how inconsistent they've been this year, I don't think they're going to do that. But they are going to be probably an eight or a nine seed. 
in the tournament. Definitely, they were originally projected at a seven. I don't. I definitely don't think they will be up there now. Um, every year when I fill out a bracket, and it kills me every year. I never win a bracket challenge. I pick a big a Big Ten school every single year. The school I'm going with, I have it. Obviously, the bracket hasn't come out yet. We're recording on Friday night. I'm gonna pick Purdue. Wherever they're at, I'm probably going to pick Purdue to win because Zach Eady is an absolute monster. Uh, They were going to be the number one seed overall. Uh, Some losses recently. Now they're projected at a number two seed. But, I mean, they're a team. If you you have a big guy you can rely on and kind of feed and take over the game, all it takes is one guy from the outside to get hot, and you can make a run in the tournament. So – uh, I've Purdue's probably going to be my pick. Also, a team I'm going to be rooting for in the tournament, uh, projected at a seven seed right now, the Northwestern Wildcats. I think it's looking to be their second tournament appearance. Is that right? Chris Collins. Chris Collins. Done a great job. He has done a great job uh, with that program. I'll be rooting for them to make a little bit of noise because they don't make it very often. So hopefully they'll get in there, uh, go far. I'm sure in my bracket I'm going to – probably have them going way further than they should uh and it's going to hurt my bracket standing whatever bracket challenge i enter in but i am i'm ready to get hurt again without a doubt so there we go go uh go illini go wildcats go big 10 let's go so you're going big 10 all right i never said a winner i'm taking it i'm taking the, the todd is that fair i mean you have to is a is a Bama fan? If you're, I know. Whenever Illinois was the number one seed a few years ago, I took Illinois to go all the way. Again, it did not work out well. They got beat by Loyola. But if your team is a top seed, like you gotta you gotta go with them. So yeah, you should go Bama. Yeah, I'm going the Tide. Uh, Jay, you and I talked about it. Sanford was in a battle with Furman a couple weeks ago now, and Sanford lost, uh, lost in the regular season, and then they got knocked out by UTC upsetting knocked out of the SoCon tournament couldn't even win the SoCon but we were saying if if they would have made it they would have had to win at least one of my brackets uh but since Sanford's not in it we're going with the Tide I think the Tide have a have a real shot playing really good basketball so Steve what you got all right I got a few thoughts here I, I would echo the uh, the Big Ten Let, let's go but they have beat each other up uh, in conference play all year and I think they're ready just to start unleashing on other teams um, I personally am a Michigan State Spartan. Go Sparty. Uh, go Sparty. Um, Mateen Cleaves, Magic Johnson, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of history there. Tom Izzo. Uh, here's a fun fact. I've I, now I've been alive a little bit longer than you guys have, but in my lifetime there have been three Michigan State Spartan coaches in my lifetime. Wow. So only three coaches. There's some. I think there's some teams that are on their third coach in in three years, but. Um, so I, but unlike you, Jay, I, I've been burned one too many or, or five too many times. Um, I just do not see Illinois and Michigan State uh, making much noise in the tournament. Um, I, I do this little sentimental. I like Northwestern. I do like Purdue, um, but I don't see. I, I see uh, over half the Big Ten getting knocked out in the first round. Sad, usually how it goes. Sad to say. Um, I'll, I'll throw this at you, Parker. Uh, now, I've got a couple other thoughts that, uh, that I'll throw in there, too. Uh, I've got a team that I'm really interested to see it because I've never seen them play uh, this year. Um, and there's a, a couple that I, that I think I'll, I want to go with. But um, Alabama. So, with the Brandon Miller news, I really, really expected over the last few weeks 
I really expected Alabama to kind of fall apart, to melt under the media scrutiny, mm-hmm. um, and, and it yeah. hasn't happened. Yep. Yep. It, 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 you're right. Um, I anticipated the same thing. Uh, and if you've listened to the interviews, you know, they, they, he's been saying every time, like, just on my team, on my team, falling back on my team, you know, falling back on my team. And I think it does show that um, they've got good – they've got a good team. They've got a good net to fall back on. Um Man, the thing that's crazy, Jay and I talked about this. They've got three freshmen in the starting lineup. Did you know that? No. They've got three freshmen in the starting lineup. Two will be first-rounders. It'll be Brandon Miller, Lottery, and then a guy named Noah Clowney, uh, probably top 15. Now, if he were to stay, he'd be higher. He's, he's really got that type of ceiling. And then a point guard from IMG, uh, Jaden Bradley. Um, man, the freshmen are making a huge impact, but at the same time, they've got such a good core of veterans. They've got a guy that's in his sixth year from Furman, uh, or maybe fifth year. Uh, Mark Sears, a transfer from Ohio. Um, they've got uh, Noah, uh, let's see, what's his name? His name is Burnett. Um, Namari Burnett, transfer from Texas Tech. Older guys in the program, not even to mention the Villanova transfer and sixth year guy, um, Javon Quinterly. You know, so they've got these guys um, that are – they've got the young guys, they've got the older guys. I think in that situation with just all the media scrutiny, all the all the crazy things that's easy to fall into, they've got those older guys to fall into, man. Hey, let's just keep playing basketball, uh, which has been really neat to watch. Yeah, a lot of times the, the basketball court's the only sanctuary that they have You're right. in a time like this. So uh, the team I'm, I'm super excited to see is Houston. Yeah. Uh, just they've got a great – They've had a great season. Uh, I think their head coach is, is an outstanding coach, a uh, great teacher. I think, he's a, I think you're right. He does yep. a really good job. So I'm really excited to see them play. I, I have not I have not seen Houston play at all this year. Um, but the two teams that I am leaning towards, and it's going to it's gonna surprise you, but they're Pac – what is it, Pac-10, Pac-12? I don't know. What Pac, are they? Pac-12? I think it's Pac-12. Uh, the Pac-something. <laughs> um, so UCLA, you already yeah. mentioned Tiger Campbell. Yeah. Uh, I believe UCLA has got a really good shot, but Arizona is another team yeah, that they're that, good. Uh, I've, uh, they would be my uh, my non one seed. I usually feel I, I am a more than one bracket person. I'm usually sometimes three or four, sometimes maybe eight or ten brackets. But Arizona is definitely a team that will not be a a one seed, or, or probably will not be a two seed as well. But um, I, I've got a feeling. Um, I feel good about Arizona. Yeah, I agree. I can see them going pretty far in the tournament as well. And I'm looking forward to listening to what we've just recorded about a week from now. <laughs> like, what, how do things look in a week, week and a half compared to what we've talked about right now? And I'm sure we will be able to go back and probably laugh at some of the teams that we pick. Yeah. I'm going to say this right now. My underdog is UC Irvine. Okay. Ouch. Uh, is that UC Irvine. I have no idea. Uh, I just heard that. They've been playing good basketball. <laughs> I haven't watched them, no nothing. Uh, I'm just going out there on a limb. I think they're the ant eaters. I'm going to be looking out for UC Irvine. Okay, there we go. That is uh, that is Parker Moat, our basketball insider. Uh, look for UC Irvine to upset some people because, quote unquote, I heard they're playing good basketball. <laughs> so take UC Irvine. Uh, Let's go. I'm looking forward to going back, listening to this, and seeing how seeing how it compares when some games have, have played out. Uh, let's get into the meat of things. We are sitting here with uh, Coach Coach Linger, Coach Steve Linger, and before we go any further, uh, Steve, just go ahead and tell us tell us about yourself, what you do, how long you've been doing it, your family. Just tell us about yourself. 
Um, well, thanks. Uh, ex- again, like I said, uh, excited about the opportunity, excited about just hanging out with you guys for a little bit. Uh, w- w- the three of us coach middle school baseball together, and so um, this isn't just a one-time thing. We get to kind of have these fun conversations every day, and it's a, it's a joy uh, to be with you guys. Um, so uh, I have been – this is my 28th year uh, of teaching and coaching. Uh, I've been at the same school for for 28 years, and uh, it's just it's been a it's been a huge blessing in my life. Um, the school, the the family, the community um, that I've been a part of um, has really um, has, has really shaped who I am as as a man. Um, they introduced me to my wife, uh, so that, that that makes me grateful. I didn't know that. Yes, that's awesome. The, the school community, yes, they uh, tried for three years to to get us to meet, and it didn't happen. And that's sweet. We eventually did. The rest is history. Maybe they'll do the same for me. <laughs> we can. <laughs> I can give you some people that tried to, yes, that tried to match make for me. They'll probably be happy to. This is podcast, folks. <laughs> this is what we do. We have fun. All right, keep going, Steve. Um, yeah, so uh, um, grew up, uh, little known fact, uh, Jay just found this out about me, but Jay, I was born in the state of? Alaska. Uh, born in Alaska, uh, my parents were military. I'm sorry, my dad was military. Parents were uh, were in Alaska, so was was born there. Grew up in West Michigan. I uh, spent my entire time in in one town uh, from the time I was about four or five years old, and grew up, and then went to college in in Indiana, and just kept moving south. And uh, 22 years old, moved down to Nashville, Tennessee, and started working at a little small Christian school and coaching basketball and football and baseball, and and have absolutely loved it. Uh, been grateful. I, I really. When I, when I say this, uh, I say it with, with all bit of honesty that I can muster. Um, I'm in a place that I know God has called me to. Um, I get to do what I love, and I get to do it with people I enjoy doing it with. So um, to, to say that, that I feel this is exactly where God has me uh, at this time is, is really how I feel, and I feel that way every day. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here. Um, to do what I do, and, and, and I enjoy it. Um, there's certainly days that are not easy and not, not, not fun and can be difficult, but um, those challenges, you know, to, to be able to be in a community that's going to support you even in the hard times is, uh, is, pretty, is pretty wonderful. Well, that's awesome. We'd, lo- we'd love to hear that. So uh, tell us real quick, what do you do? What is your role here at CPA? Um, you've told us <laughs> you've been here a long, long time. Um, so what is your role? What do you do um, day to day? So I'm a uh, school teacher. Uh, started my first six years. I taught I taught seventh grade science for the first six years, and um, math is always something that I've loved. Math is really what I wanted to do, and so an, an opportunity arose for me to to uh, teach sixth grade math. And so year seven, I jumped into sixth grade math, and have been doing that. So this, I guess, this is year 21 or 22, I guess, of of teaching. Um, sixth grade math and, and have done some other some other maths as well but I've been in middle school I've been in with the same community uh, teaching middle school science and math now for so this is year 28 I'm super excited some people are aware of this not everybody's aware but I'm actually transitioning out of a teaching role uh, next year I'll be out of the classroom and, and uh, have uh, real excited about the opportunity to, to be involved in middle school athletics uh, just from administration side, uh, getting a partner with our, our upper school administration on the athletic side, um, and just another opportunity. And it's really cool, the, the administrative piece in my heart, what I do is gives me the opportunity uh, to just come alongside coaches and support coaches. And Because I know a coach's heart is to love their kids and and, and and be really good athletically and be really good. You want you want to succeed on the field, but but we want we've got a bigger bigger purpose in what we do, and and that's what I want to be able to give coaches the confidence uh, to be able to 
um, just really pour into their athletes um, to, to give them confidence to play their sport, but really then to, just to be able to build them up, the young ladies and young men, um, just just to get to know who God is and 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 uh, go into their gifts of being able to see, hey, hey, God gave me this gift, God gave me this talent, um, I can use it for for the seen world, but then there's also a part of the unseen world uh, as well that I can make an impact on on others, um, and, and so really being able to support coaches uh in that role so i'm excited about what i've got uh coming up uh beginning next year that's awesome it's i'm so glad that god opened that door and really excited to see how he uses you and in that role it's going to be fun to see and i'm excited for you with that but before we really get to anything else i feel like there's something we need to talk about uh we've received a little bit of heat from you on our selections for who our pitcher infielder and outfielder would be from what episode two I think it was. I think it was episode two. Does that sounds right? Yeah, yeah episode it, two. It was episode two. So, so we've received a little bit of heat. I went, uh, I went Randy Johnson, Cal Ripken Jr., and Willie Mays Parker. I went. Uh, let's see, Randy Johnson, uh, Derek Jeter, and then Barry Bonds, the most devastating hitter of all time. You know, I had that as a bonus question for my seniors' test last week, and only out of twelve, it's like. Five guys got it right. The most devastating hitter. They must not be listening to the podcast. <laughs> Very disappointing. <laughs> so, so we we received a little bit of a uh, some criticisms from you on that. So I'm curious to hear before we go any further. Who are your pitcher, infielder, and outfielder you're starting a team with? Well, again, so like I said, I, I was mowing the grass last weekend and was listening to the podcast and was really enjoying it. Um, now, something you may not be able to, to, to recognize by since we're not on, uh, this is only audio, it's not video, is the both of you are half my age. Um, so I am. I hit 50 uh, last September. So I am, um, I've got a little bit of a, a little bit uh, deeper experience and, and maybe have a little bit more respect. But but here here's the, the heat came from five of your six that you chose have played from the 80s and 90s on forward. And so I was like, yeah, we got some young blood in here in this podcast. And I, I need to represent some of the old folks a little bit. Now, look, I wasn't born until 99. I didn't even get to watch the guys in the 80s. So for me, that was a reach. <laughs> I know. I born in '97. I I really I remember like 43 year old Randy Johnson throwing stuff over the plate with the Yankees. <laughs> is what I remember. And I my dad had some Cal Ripken Jr. baseball cards. Willie Mays is on the show. And I know I know he's good, but they're good guys. I feel like they I feel like they play in. In any era, I guess the most recent guy that we picked between the two of us was Jeter, which there you're you're going with a you're going with a leader, a guy who's who's proven. I do remember watching Jeter quite a bit, but I I understand where you're coming from with the recency bias because all those guys are outside of Willie Mays, 1980 on. When when yeah. When Parker didn't realize that Willie Mays was one of the top home run hitters in all oh, of, I, all of baseball history, I was like, "Oh shoot!" Well, I I knew that. I just didn't want to share it. <laughs> you know, you know, there's this thing called humility that we get from Philippians two. I'm just practicing that. There you Love go. It. Practice humility. You got to every now and then. All right. So my pitcher, um, again, going going in some history here. There were some great names. There's Nolan Ryan, Sandy Koufax, who who was an amazing pitcher, uh, had to retire a little bit early. Bob Gibson was the one I really, really wanted to go with. Uh, he 
he would be who – you both picked Randy Johnson. I think Bob Gibson was probably Randy Johnson's role model. Uh, Bob Gibson was, was just a, a mean old guy, would throw at anybody, um, just big old mean on the hill as well. Was also a Harlem Globetrotter, so athleticism like crazy. But I did I, not know that. There you go. Sell some more tickets. He reminds me of myself. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, so I, I went back in history. Um, everybody I picked played uh, from previous before into the 1930s. So I, I'm really representing the old time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I went Walter Johnson with pitcher. Walter Johnson, uh, crazy, crazy stats. Uh, and, and here's where the hard part of this is. It's a very difficult exercise that you're trying to do because baseball in the 1990s is extremely different than baseball in the 1950s and 1960s. was extremely different than the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s. Um, so I, I certainly understand, but it would be fun to put Walter Johnson and Randy Johnson right next to each other and see him go. But Walter Johnson, second place all-time in wins, uh, 417 wins, held the strikeout record for almost 50 years before it was broken. Um, World Series champ in, in 1924. But he's one of the first five that was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, but Walter Johnson is uh, is the guy I'm going to go with. I, th I think the, the quote uh, that was attributed to a hitter that, that faced against Walter Johnson is, it, you can't hit it if you can't see it. Pretty good compliment. Pretty pretty good compliment compliment right there. I respect that. So that's your pitcher. Who's your infielder? So infielder, um, Mike Schmidt was the guy I really wanted to go to. Mike Schmidt was a five-tool guy, had power, could hit for average, uh, was a great fielder at third base. But, again, I, I, went, I, went, I went way back – and there was two to look at. On, uh, Honus Wagner, who's actually probably known more for a baseball card than he is his career, but he yep. had a great career. Yep. yep. Rogers Hornsby. Okay. So Rogers Hornsby, between 1920 and 1929, had an OPS of over a thousand. Eight of those ten years, the lowest on base wow. percentage he had was 388. Wow. All right. Here's 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 what you here's what got me with with Rogers Hornsby, only player to ever do this. In 1922, he batted 401, but also had 42 home runs. Oh, my gosh. Only person to ever hit 400 with 40 home runs. He also, uh, in 1924, hit 424, had 25 home runs, uh, won the World Series, Jay, St. Louis Cardinals, 1926. Yeah. Um, but he um, is number three all-time in batting average, but also has over 300 home runs. So, wow. Um, now, as I was reading a little bit about him, they said he was real ornery and did not get along with any of his yeah. teammates. So yeah. he was traded quite a bit. Yeah. Hey, you stole some of my thunder. I was going to guess. He was a Cardinal? Is that a Cardinal. That was correct. So yes. I did know that. I know who Rogers Hornsby is. I know who Mike Schmidt is. He was a Philly. Uh, great Philly. Yes. Uh, hey, good pick, though. And then Hannes Wagner, like you said, definitely known more for a baseball card. Did it sell for over a million bucks recently? I had to have, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. He went Mike Schmidt, too. Uh, has to be on the Mount Rushmore of baseball facial hair. He, he had a mustache. mustache. Great mustache. Uh, Those so. Phillies in the 80s with Pete Rose, Steve Carlton, Mike Schmidt, they were, they were, that was a dominant team in the 80s. All right, outfielder, you all ready? Y'all hurt me on this one. Are you going? Are you going, Babe? You gotta go, Babe Ruth. Gotta go, Babe. Gotta go, Babe yeah. Ruth. Easy, easy. Uh, again, you've got guys: Ted Williams, uh, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron are guys you could throw in there. Yeah. Uh, a Detroit Tiger, uh, again, another guy that was well hated by almost everybody, universally hated. Ty Cobb. Yeah. Um, but I went went Babe Ruth. Uh, Seven hundred and fourteen home runs in an era where it was real difficult to to hit home runs. Uh, Seven-time world champion. Um, Batting champ, also bat. So, all right, here. This was cool about Babe Ruth. He was the batting champion in 1924, 
1916, he was the ERA champion okay, in the that, in the impressive. American League. So you, when we compare Shohei Itani yeah. uh, to Babe Ruth, you know those are the kind of stats that you're looking at once in a generation uh, type of a player. And so, uh, yeah, Babe Ruth is in there. Um, Lou Gehrig was another guy I looked at for infielder, and, and I, I said this the other day. I, I am a big fan of baseball. I love baseball. I love 31 of the 32 teams, and the Yankees are the one team I cannot stand being a Tigers fan growing sure. up. And I almost went with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig as two of my three. That, that would have been real – that would hurt my pride quite a bit. Yeah, that those are good. Hey, I'll, I'll say this. I do know who those guys are. Jay, I think you do too. Uh, we just – like you said, recency bias. Uh, yeah, we're young, but, man, I do know who those guys are. Uh, but I do still think that Barry Bonds is the most devastating hitter of all time. Um, I'll, 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 I'll down that hill. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I'll, I, same with Randy Johnson. I feel like any era, you take 6'10", lefty, coming from low arm slot, throwing uh, upper 90s, touching 100 with a wipeout slider, I think – I, I think he strikes out the babe a time or two right there. I don't think the babe's diet of hot dogs and whatever whatever else he ate would have uh, would have helped him too much facing Randy Johnson. Yeah, I also do know Walter Johnson. We'll close with this. Walter Johnson, I do know one thing. Him and the MLB The Show has the longest windup ever. He's behind the head, tilts back his leg, and then he throws lefty. Um, but, you know, I don't know. He, uh, he would not have done well with the pitch clock. No, he would not. Uh, he would not. Um, but, man, hey, that's fun. That's real fun. So, Steve, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, we love to talk baseball. We love to talk everything like that. Uh, so, hey, let's let's dive into really why we've titled the episode, uh, Unless the Lord Builds the House. Uh, Steve, you told us uh, not too long ago at baseball practice, or, or maybe it was in a meeting, um, about Psalm 127, verse 1. Uh, and so we want to just ask you about your heart behind Psalm 127, verse 1. I've got it up, so I'll read it really quickly, just verse 1, um, unless you want to, or I'll read it. No, have at it. it. Okay, so I'll read it um, just so you guys know what we're talking about today. Uh, and then Steve would love to just ask you your heart behind it. So it says this in Psalm uh, 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Uh, so... That's it. That's Psalm 127. Uh, why do you see or view Psalm 127 as a cornerstone verse for athletics or what you do? Uh, what's the significance of that verse for you? Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, the opportunity just to be able to talk a little bit about this and and, and why it has struck me. Um, so I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to talk about it. But, it, you know, it just really grabs me that um, athletics is such a pound-your-chest um, you know, I want to show you what I can do. I want to, you know, I, I want to stick it in somebody's face. It, it isn't all about me community. It's an all, all about me culture. Um, and there's very little, um, times and you'll see it from time to time, but teammates will, you know, they'll, they'll honor their teammates with that as well. But it, it is a lot of, I'm wanting to build my own house. I guess we, you could put it that way. Um, and, and so I, I think I've been, um, grateful in a lot of ways a lot of experiences I've had I've failed many more times than I've had success and and even in the times I've had success um, I've seen uh, what that success does to me personally and and how um, I want to use it for my glory and my benefit and so uh, thankful over the over the last few years where this verse has just continued to pop out to me and 
and when it when it talks about the Lord building the house, like like the motivation, the, the purpose, and the reason behind what what I need to do myself personally, but also representing uh, our school and our community and then the middle school athletics, uh, um, really want to see it to be about something bigger than what I'm building, my kingdom, what I'm building for me. And that's just stated here. You know, I want the Lord to be the one that constructs. Um, it, it was real cool reading a little bit about this, that King Solomon is the one that's attributed to writing uh, this this Psalm 127, and which is meaningful because Solomon both knew how to build a house, but he also knew about guarding a city, which speaks about in this verse here. And so um, just understanding that Psalm 127 is really about surrender. Um, it, it's not about what I want, but it's about um, the Lord building the house. And here's what's really cool, going back to where you guys have been with episode one and episode two of your podcast, is you see how Psalm 127.1 is tied into being free and being loved. And it's also tied into Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, Proverbs 37.4, and you talk Psalm 37, 4, delighting in the Lord. And you guys talked about the joy that when, when, when our goals and our mission aligns with what the Lord has, that's when joy comes. And so you see the Lord building the house. Well, what is it? Well, I've, I've won plenty of times. I'm a, a, part of my, a real cool part of my story um, is in 2000, uh, I was coaching football here. And in 2000, we, were, we went 15-0, and 0, won a state championship in football and I remember even going back to my high school days played high school football and the high school state championship in Michigan was in the Pontiac Silverdome and I knew that that's where we had to go and that's where we had to be and I wanted to be a part of it and didn't have the opportunity to do that and so since my high school days I I knew and believed that if I could win a state championship that would change my life that would that would that would put me on a path that not many people get got to be on and it could be about me and I could stick my chest out and say, look, I've done something that not many people have done. And so in 2000, we won the state championship. And I remember walking into the grocery store the next day and I was going to buy newspapers so I could have the newspaper clippings. And so I walked into this grocery store. We had just won the state championship the day before. We were 15-0. and 0. We had six college. We had six guys on that team who were going to play Division One college. And take a guess how many people in that grocery store knew who I was. Zero. Zero. None of them. And I'm walking around thinking, I've just done the greatest thing in my life. And not one of you, it didn't make a difference to anybody. Now, it did to our school community and to the players on the team. It, it had an impact, certainly. Um, and it was important. Um, but it didn't change my life. And then I remember, so that was a Saturday. And I remember on Monday morning before I came to school that next Monday, I had to take the trash out to the curb. And I was thinking, wait a second, I've just done what I thought would change my life, and I still have to take, I still have to take the garbage out. And so by, by getting the opportunity to win a championship was amazing, and we've won some others since then. Um, it also was a really, really humbling moment to say, hey, dude, this didn't change your life. This isn't what it's about. And so by, through those experiences, you know, just being able to see there's a much greater vision, a much greater purpose for, for what we do on the athletic world. Um, we want, we want to work in the, in the scene, um, world to, to be good at what we do to, to compete with excellence. Um, but there's a much greater purpose behind that. And that's the unseen world. And, and so again, being able to take Psalm 127 and, and mirror it with Psalm with Proverbs 37 and, and also the idea of being free. If, if I'm really trusting and believing that the Lord is the one that's building this, I can go coach free and I, and I can, I can empower my our players to be able to do the same thing. And that that's awesome. I love how you said we think athletics 
is a way for us to build our own house and that we try to build our own house through that. And we expect, like you said, with the state championship, that through building our own house, if we win, like, boom, we've got this, like, big mansion. It's this great thing that's going to fulfill us. And you get there, and it just and it just doesn't, you know. And that's just whenever we try to build stuff, that's how it goes. You know, what the Lord is building is so just thinking about, like, your ministry here. Like what the Lord has built there is so much more rich than any any single state championship. Yeah, I, I love that as well. And, and, and Steve, thanks for pointing us back to the gospel, and, and that's really the heart behind this. And um, I can't not hear, you know, I can't hear what you say and not think the gospel. Just in terms of, man, it's not about what we've done um, or what we do, rather to keep it present tense, but about what's already been done in the past tense. Going back to the greatest event in human history, the cross. Um, the reason we have access to God, the reason we have all these things is because of the work of Christ. <laughs> not Steve, sorry, but not because you have, you know, you've won a state title. Um, you know, I was a part of state championship teams here in high school and, and it was awesome. I've got a ring and it's awesome, you know? Um, but man, it's <laughs> like, you're, you're right. I still clean the dishes and I still take the trash out and I still complain about it, <laughs> you know, and, uh, that, that, that had changed, but man, it, thanks for pointing us back to the gospel there. Um, man, that's, that's the heart behind it. It's just so gospel centric. So tell us this, Steve, uh, we see it as a cornerstone. We, we want to build, um, you know, it's something, a theme for me. I've got it written on my board every day. It says not for my kingdom, uh, not for my kingdom. It's so easy to do that. So, so how do we apply this? Uh, how do you apply it as an AD, as a coach, as a teacher, as a husband, um, a dad? I mean, you've got a lot of hats to wear. Um, how do we apply this? This is a tough thing to do. Yeah, how do we apply it? Make it real life. Well, number one, I, I've got to see it in front of me every day. I've got to have that reminder um, every day. I've got, I've got to know uh, what my purpose is. And, and so um, I, I'm not great with that every day, but, but it is something that um, I, I like to be able to be reminded of what's my purpose and, and what am I really doing because uh, it is it is easy to get caught up in in the scene and what we're wanting to do and so um, just being able to apply it each day and just um, you know a lot of times again this isn't an everyday thing but a lot of times before I'm coaching you know I just say hey hey Lord you know use me for, for what I need to be used for today and if that's if the greatest thing I do at a baseball practice is I encourage a kid who, who's having a hard day um, you know I may not have ta- told him how to how to turn a double play or, or how to um, you know, how to get a good lead off at first base, but I was able to encourage uh, somebody who really needed it, um, you know, somebody who was just going through a rough time or whatever it may be. Um, you know, if that's the greatest thing I do in practice, then it's been a really good day. And um, and so um, you've got to uh, – we had a teacher here uh, about 12 years ago, and he said you got to teach the gospel to yourself every day. Um, and so it's just got to have that, that daily reminder – and like you mentioned, you know, that, that's got to be with my kids. It's got to be with my wife. It's got to be uh, in, in the classroom. It's got to be on the athletic field. Um, I, I remember, and this is, um, I don't think my wife will be upset with me for sharing this. And she may, I don't know if she's going to ever listen to this or not. But, um, you know, I, there was a moment here where I had, um, where I was with her. And I had a parent who was really praising me and was really being really overly kind and nice to me and talking about, how, how great I was and how patient I was with her with her child and and just how what a great role model and a mentor I was and I just stood there and I was like my wife is hearing how awesome I am and as soon as it was over she looked at me she says no why aren't you that way with your own children and I was like okay that really hurts that was really hard to hear um you know and, and so it isn't just about me being able to do it with other people here in, in you know in, in the school community I've got to be able to transfer that in my own family as well and have that same 
um, th- that same. And, and it's difficult because, like Jay was saying, when there's times when you get home at 9 or 10 o'clock and you're really, really tired. And so I've got to be able to do that at home as well. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. There are times when we get home and we're just, you know, we've just played a doubleheader and it's tough and you've taught a whole day before that. Um, but just having that mindset the entire day, that's that's a, a beautiful story that that you just shared. Uh, I want to pull up real quick kind of with our with our last question uh, before we get there. This was a text that you sent in our middle school middle school baseball coaches group text uh you talked about psalm 127 and it being uh just kind of your cornerstone verse for athletics um and after that you said may we allow god to build this team and not in our own strength Hmm. so thinking about that question um what does it look like for the lord to build a team um i i think with that, you've just got to really have that focus on, on a kingdom uh, a kingdom plan. And, and if we do not win the HVAC championship this year, um, just knowing that, that what, we can, what we can perform, how we perform, and what we do in the scene world, that, that really that, that's really not going to make a difference on anything. But, but if we have a kingdom mentality and, and an opportunity that's really the Lord building the house, um, we, maybe we don't win as many games as we want to, but we've seen – eighth grade boys who are encouraging and kind and lifting up seventh grade boys who society would say you're an eighth grade boy you're bigger you're stronger you're better than them it's your job to make sure they you put them in their place and you keep them as a seventh and they understand they've got to earn their way up to what they'll be next year which is an eighth grade boy and then that's a cycle that just continues of a of an older boy kind of kind of putting a younger boy down uh, because they've earned that right um, and so where we can build a culture hopefully uh, where we see eighth graders and seventh graders who are um, mingling together and encouraging each other uh, on a baseball team that doesn't happen everywhere and so um, <clears throat> one of the the verses and thankful we've had a mentor that's walked alongside us for the last decade or so and he, he continues to remind us about second corinthians four eighteen. Uh, which talks about we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Uh, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Um, and I'll share this real quick, too. As, as middle school athletic director, I have the privilege of having lots of old trophies and old plaques uh, that are in my possession. And I've got two boxes in my room of plaques and trophies that have dust on them, and nobody has, nobody has wanted to see them. Nobody even knows they're there. They're tucked away. Um, and so I've seen, I've seen plaques and trophies that, that were really important at one time and they have been sitting for years and years and years in a box uh, gathering dust. Yeah. I know, uh, last year we talked about the HVAC championship and, and the plaques and obviously our goal is to win that last year. We made it to the championship. We finished second. That plaque I think right now is somewhere in my parents' garage. I'm I'm ashamed to say I'm not 100% sure where that's at, but it just goes to show like these things that we like I just thinking back over my career as well, like things that we think are so big at a certain time and two, they're goals and they're not they're not bad goals. Like whenever you start a season, you want to play to the very end. But whenever you get there and you do get it, you realize, man, this this isn't exactly what I thought it was. This isn't where fulfillment comes from you know and that's a it's a real thing I remember growing up you hear that all the times like trophies don't matter and then you realize like 
and these things they really do just sit around and collect dust you know yeah something else you said that that is an encouragement to me is you know we've really got to realize that relying on the lord's strength and not my own strength is really <laughs> the biggest piece of the puzzle well we realize that and realize that we really don't bring anything to the table at all it's awful humbling mm-hmm. <laughs> um man well look what i can do you know look at this stair step i was explaining in, in, in terms to my my students this week in the last several weeks it's like man when we feel like we're walking up the stair set uh what do we oftentimes do most of the time do maybe we get up three and then we fall down mm-hmm. two and then you know what I mean so it's just hey if I can earn my way up there and, and figure it out on my own that I can also lose my way there and that's what I oftentimes do uh, but thanks for pointing our attention again just to like man the Lord is the provider mm-hmm. the Lord is the one who's sovereign over all um, I was reading Psalm 33 today you make me think of that with some fellows in the classroom um, and, and it says the Lord looks out from from heaven's it doesn't say this but this is my the way I'll, I'll reference it it looks the Lord looks out from heaven's balcony and he sees all because he made all. Psalm 33. Uh, I love that. He sees all and he made all. He knows all and he, and he holds all and he covers all. Uh, he provides all because he made it all. Um, I love that. It's all his. And so with our our only appropriate response, we've said this before too, Jay, uh, ought to be to give it back. Mm. Um, and so I think what you're saying, that man, that's such a good reminder for me to give it back. It's not for me. It's not for my gain, not for my uh, trophies and gold medals. I remember a story real quick, and then we'll, we'll – I think we need to transition just a minute. Um, but in high school, we had just gotten runner-up in the state championship game. We, we faced Spencer Strider, who's now oh, wow. dominating with the Braves. Uh, this was my junior year. And we get on the bus, and, and Coach Nesbitt's like, hey, do you guys want the medal? Like, do you, do you even want it? And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I want the medal. Like, we just made it to the state championship game. We lost it. But, like, yeah, I want a medal. It would be awesome to have a medal. Put this on my car or put, you know, I want the medal. And then and the whole time he's just saying, like, man, we, we might as well just go, you know, to the river and just kind of throw this trophy in. It's like, we don't care about the trophy. Like, it doesn't matter. And in my head, I'm like, like I want the trophy. It's, it's great. You know, like, I want it. And, and like you said, just I'll echo what you guys have said. Man, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, it's not for me. It's not for you. Uh, but, man, what we hope for this to be is, is for the Lord. So whatever good reminder that is. Well, my my final, what I'll, what I'll let you all know, like I said, I, I – Played. I was in high school in the, in the late 80s. I cannot tell you, and there was a, I was fortunate to play college football as well, I, I cannot tell you a score of, of any of the games that I've participated in, and even big games, big games in college, big games in high school. I cannot tell you a score. I can tell you probably if we won or lost. There, there's certainly games I have memories of the games. But what I have is relationships with, with, with those players and relationships with, with my teammates, um, 25, 30, 35 years um, strong. Of 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 men who I've been in their weddings, I've I've seen them raise their children, um, and, and so when we understand that athletics um, serves a, a purpose um, much greater than what's on the field, but it's to build men and women to further the kingdom, um, and, and so that's our goal as coaches. Uh, and it's hard to do it when you're 14 years old to be able to see it that way, but but that's really the purpose of what we're doing in an athletic program. Uh, is to, to to hopefully build men and women to help further the kingdom and understand that life is really about relationships. Um, I think, Parker, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, the only times I think that Jesus chose, was alone was when he was in prayer. Mm-hmm. Everything else Jesus did was in relationship with other mm-hmm. people. And so understanding that relationships is such a huge 
piece of what we're trying to do. And, and here I am at 50 years old and still have my friendships uh, from high school and college age and, and, and cannot tell you one score of a game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And just reading, looking at Psalm 127 again, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the world, Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Uh, Steve, thank you for sharing everything that you did with that, uh, sharing your heart for athletics and really just everything that you do on campus. Thankful for the ways that God uses you. And it's just my prayer that this season, our program and, and programs similar to um, just that we would surrender. Like you mentioned the word surrender earlier, that we wouldn't try to build anything, that we would just have the team with an open hand you know, and, and surrender, absolutely surrender that to the Lord for him to build whatever it is, uh, that's in his will. Um, and I just, I love that. Thankful for your heart, thankful for what you shared. It was awesome. And moving on, you said at the beginning, you have some questions for us that, that you want to fire out. And I'm kind of, I'm curious to, to hear, we know a little bit about the questions. So if you want to go ahead and, and ask your first one, you, you said earlier, too, uh, with in terms of Washington, D.C., you said the two words of honoring and remembering. Uh, I, I feel like these two questions are, are a way to do that for uh, – we're talking baseball. We'll just say that. We're talking baseball. Baseball legends. Uh, so for you guys out there that enjoy this kind of conversation, I think you'll, you'll really enjoy this. So, Steve, uh, hammer us with the questions, and we'll do our best. Uh, and tell us what it might look like. Like, what are you expecting from us here? Well, I'm expecting perfection right here is really what I'm expecting. Um, no, and this goes back to where you guys were talking about the three, you know, the pitcher, the infielder, and the outfielder. And so I'm thinking, well, well, if you want to know who the top pitcher, who the top uh, infielder, who the top outfielder is, you would, you're going to look at Hall of Famers. And now when you're in the Hall of Famers, now you're looking at the um, degree of a Hall of Famer. And the best way to, to see that was Hall of Fame percentage. What were the, their voting percentages? So – as I started thinking through that, I was like, okay, let, let's look at who who was voted into the Hall of Fame and the highest percentages with which they were voted. So here's my question to you guys. Uh, I've got I've got some names here. Um, how many of the top ten the top ten players with the highest percentage vote to get into the Hall of Fame? How many of those ten do you think do you think you got? Okay, I want to take a, a guess real quick. And do we? How many can we? We can guess wrong, but we just need to figure out the ten. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Is it crazy if I guess this one right here, Jay? I'm, I'm, I think I'm guessing Jeter. Derek Jeter, outstanding, outstanding. He was number two all time. I was, I'm good. Number two that all fires time. Me up. Yes. There great, great so choice. So we've got one out of ten done. One right? out of ten so we, done. So we got nine to go. My next, our next guest. Willie Mays. Is Willie Mays one of the ten? Willie Mays. That is an outstanding guess and not correct. Wow. Isn't that wild? Ouch. Where, Ouch. where yeah. is Willie Mays? Willie Mays, okay, Willie Mays is down here at 94.7%, and that is not top ten. He looks like to be in the about the 15 to 20 range. You said 97.4? 94.7. Okay, okay, okay. 94.7. Okay. 94. Um, so Willie Mays is not top right. ten. I'm taking That's another guess. Pick. I'm going with another Yankee. Uh, Big Mo, Mo Rivera, he's got to be up there. All right. Interesting stat about Mo Rivera. The only player in the history of baseball, 100% vote. 
Only one. Inner Sandman. Inner Sandman. He best, was amazing. Best walkout song of all time, too. That's a question you and I will debate sometime. Uh, best walkout song. Yeah, we'll talk about that. That'll be a great debate. But, man, I'm two for two. two Jay, for two. my kingdom is huge right now. Jay, your, your house is really little. <laughs> two for two. I, I'm going to go with one that I, I know is right. And part of this is slightly cheating because I think someone said it on the DC trip. But I'm Steve told you this one. <laughs> I know where you're going. Tom Seaver. Is Tom Seaver one of the ten? He is number four. There we go. Okay, I'm on the board. And we don't have time for it, but I shared with you my Tom Seaver story, and it was not yeah, positive. We, but Tom Seaver is number four. We need to have another. We need to have another story episode. Story you, time. You shared some really good ones at breakfast uh, Tuesday morning. All right, see. So you've got one, two, and four. Okay, that, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I I want to go with a pick here that I'm I'm more curious about. Um. Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Ooh, interesting. Um, he he is not in the top. Okay, team. he he was not a very well liked player, maybe overall. But ninety ninety three point six percent. He's just a few behind Willie Mays, so still a okay, great pick. Okay, so good pick. Ninety three point six. I thought I thought Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. For you guys that don't know, yeah, I, that's a that's another a Yankee. Good guess. Another Yankee. Uh, I'm going Yankee for my next guess. The Babe is Babe Ruth on the top ten. Babe Ruth is not – he is at 95.1%. Babe wow. Ruth looks to be – let's see. Uh, he's about 16th or 17th. So in, I don't know what the voting would have been like back in the 30s. Who were these people voting for? Exactly. Isn't that crazy? If you're not voting for Babe Ruth. Well, it, it's crazy because this is the sports writers, and I think sports writers yeah. have a bias towards something. But here, here's the good news. Uh, Babe, Babe Ruth, there were 226 people who voted. Babe Ruth got 215 out of 226. So there were only 11 that didn't, but that was 95%. Only Still only about seven, 16th or 17th on the list. Sure. Um, okay, I'm going with another one, and I'm going with the Brave here. Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox. Is Greg Maddox awesome. up there? Good pick. He was 12th. Great pick. Ah! He was 12th. 97.2%. 12th. Great. I thought that Fantastic was a good one. Pick. No, I would have said that too. That, that was a good guess. I'm going another Yankee. Most of these guys are Yankees. Yankees. Looking through it. Uh, catcher Yogi Berra. Ooh. Is Yogi on the top ten? Not on the top ten. There are no more Yankees in the top ten. No more Yankees in the top ten. Well, no. then that removes a few guys off of our list. Um, that, that that removes three guys off of our list. <laughs> Murderer's Row, right? Was that came from Yankees? Yeah, can you um, believe Lou Gehrig's not right, in there? Lou Gehrig. That's that's who we moved off in Mantle too, not being on there. Not Mantle, um, not being on there. Okay, I, I will say uh, nine of these ten, uh, nine of these ten played where y- our recency bias would be would, would would fit. It would fit nine of the ten. Um, would one of them? I'm going to ask you a question. Happen to be one of Jay's top three players? One of them, both. Your starting pitcher, I will ah. was 11th. Oh. So you've got Randy Johnson was 11th and Greg Maddox was 12th. Okay. Um, we've got two guys left on our list. All right. We need to, we need to add Come some on. more. One's uh, a brave. Come on, bro. One's a brave. John Smoltz or Chipper. Oh, Eddie Matthews. The greatest brave. Is it Eddie? Number 44. Oh, Hank. Well, that one's a cheat. We knew that one. We knew that one. We just didn't want to say it. This is where your humility is coming in. See? Humility. That's what it humility. is. Humility. How did we not put Hank Aaron in? I don't know. Yeah, he is the best of all time. I I blame it on the D.C. trip. I'm tired. I, that's, I, blame, I blame D.C. 
well, you said recency bias, and then I was thinking, it was like, Hank wasn't the most recent. So I was thinking John Smolter, Chipper, and you. I blame that one on you, Steve. You confused me. Miss, um, leading question. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. One more. Get You said nine of the ten are from what era on? So Hank Aaron would have been uh, one of those. So we're probably talking 1980s on. So okay. Hank Aaron would not. And then there's one more that, that was in the first class of all time. He actually got more than Babe Ruth, which is crazy. But eight of the ten are probably from the 1980s on. Okay. I want, here, here's what I want to do. Jay, guess these two guys right here on, on my phone. And then, Steve, give us the team, just to speed up a little bit. Give us the team of the guy, and we'll try to take a guess. How about that? All right. Okay. All right, Jake, tell these two guys. All right. Our two guys we have left, Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken is number six. Okay, so there we go. We got him. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan is number five. No, Nolan Ryan. So you've got five. one, two, four, five, I, and six. I want to guess one before you add – Give us a team. Is King Griffey Jr. up there? Number three. There we go. Number three. That's huge. Hey, we just went on the good on a good stretch that was there. A good run. Okay. Uh, so you've got seven of the ten so far. So who are we missing? All what right. numbers? So we're missing number uh, seven, eight, and ten. Okay. Seven, eight, and Give ten. Give us the team the seven plays for. Or uh, played for. One of the first five inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it was not Babe Ruth, which is crazy. One of the first five. Rogers. Hornsby? Not Rogers Hornsby. Hannes Wagner? Not Hannes Wagner. Walter and, Johnson? Ooh, the only one left. Detroit Tiger. Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. So nah. Ty Cobb is number seven. He got 222 out of 226 votes, 998.2%. Okay. All right, so we've got an infielder left, and we've got an outfielder left. Two of the most amazing, so we're thinking in the 80s and 70s, 80s, 90s, two of the most amazing if we're talking hit tool, two of the most amazing contact hitters, batting average, one American League, one National League, one infielder, one outfielder. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn is number 10. That's a great pick. Tony Gwynn uh, was 10. That's so good. Oh, man, good pick, Jay. Tony Gwynn. We got, what, one infielder left? One infielder left, left-handed, sweet, really, really pretty swing. I could say two words and you would know it immediately. Give me one of the two words. Pine. <laughs> Do you know it, Jay? <laughs> George Brett. George Brett. Pine tar. Ah, the pine George tar Brett game. for the Royals. I know George Brett. Uh, that's good. That's really good. So hey, those man, are your top ten. That's a good. That's a good game we played. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that game too. Hopefully, you were playing along with us. Uh, Jay and I. What we did here, we've been looking at a phone that we took some notes on. So sorry that you guys out there couldn't really hear where our thoughts were. Uh, but man, hopefully, you guys were playing along. That was fun, Steve. We need to do that again. Let's go. I come enjoyed, up with some I, fun things. I enjoyed that. That, that. That's pretty fun. What was your – you got one more question right. that's also kind of a history question. This is, this is kind of fun. This this one was fun for me to do a little research on, but uh, this game is called What Team Did They End Their Career With? So these are some very, very well-known, some Hall of Fame players that um, may have held on just a little too long and, and finished their career with a team that we wouldn't uh, – we wouldn't – normally consider them to have played with. So um, how do you want to do this? You want me to list the name and you guys guess the team they ended? Yep, yep. You give us the name, we'll guess the team. All right, first one, Willie Mays. Which team? Obviously, we we remember Willie Mays as a giant, but who did Willie Mays end his career with? Jay, you know this one? 
The New York Mets. The New York Mets is correct. I think I knew that because he has a 67 overall bronze card in MLB The Show with the Mets. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of the most expensive bronze cards. That's like the only reason I know that's from playing MLB The hey, Show. Hey, Steve, we learn a lot of our baseball history, uh, not the way that you learned it, but we learned it from a video game, and it helps. I knew that because of a video game. The Show. Yeah. yeah. Play, play the show. Not that we're promoting playing video games all the time, but I think we ended our practice one day with that. Kids, play, play MLB the show more. It teaches you something. All right. What you got? Next one is the, the pitcher that both of you selected as the greatest pitcher of all time. Who Randy. did Randy Johnson end his career with? Mm. He, but we, we remember him with the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. We remember him with the Yankees. Who did he end his career with? So, so not the Yankees. Either. Not the Yankees. Okay, um, man, I, this one's tough um, because I do remember him in the pinstriped cutoff Diamondbacks jerseys. The, Jay, do you think you have somebody? San Francisco. Are you kidding me right now? Did That's get it? phenomenal. There we San, go. He, Randy Johnson in a San Francisco Giants hat did not. How look. did you know that? I, th- I think I'd have to look it up. I think he might have been on the same staff when they had Tim Lincecum. I think a, it, I think it might have been maybe right around the same time. So I do, and I think I had like a Randy Johnson Giants baseball card <laughs> at some point too. So there we go. Good start. That's a great pick. Okay, two for two here. Good job, Jay. I'm I'm just yeah, Jay. You're you're carrying me right now. Uh, Steve, what you got? All Number right, three. Let's try this one. Pedro Martinez. Obviously, we remember Pedro as a Boston Red Sox. Who did Pedro Martinez end his career with? Man. It was one one year. Uh, Jay, do you have any idea? He was a Met at some point. Was it the New York Mets? He did not end his career with the Mets. Tell us, well, if you give us the division and the, uh, like the, you know, Jay, you think you? I, I'm watching Jay think really hard right now for you guys out there. I think he's got something. He was an Expo at one point. He he started his career started, with the Montreal Expos. Started with them. They actually had a phenomenal season when the strike happened. The Montreal Expos actually had a chance to get to the World Series. I believe it was 1994. Yeah, 94. And the strike happened, and that season was ended. Was it the Dodgers? He either well, I, he might have been a prospect with the Dodgers. That's correct, and it was traded to the Expos. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, this I'm is an e- East Coast. I don't know anything. National League East Coast. It'd have to be the Phillies. The Phillies. I was going to say. Pedro Martinez ended his career as a Philly. Wow. Kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yes. I don't, yeah, yeah, this this is a tough game. Um, yep, yeah, I'm showing my youth. Uh, all right, number four. All right, let's, uh, let's go down the list here. Let's go Vladimir Guerrero. We all know his that junior is with the Blue Jays. Vladimir Guerrero, uh, really, really solid career. Spent a lot of time with the Angels. Yes. Who did Vladimir Guerrero end his career with? The Orioles. Good gracious, that's phenomenal. Why do you know that? (laughs) Well, my favorite player is Derek Lee. He got traded to Baltimore. I think he might have been there around the same time as Guerrero. Dude. I don't know why you know that. This is unheard of. I need to read my history books. Okay. All, All right. right. I'm, car- I'm Jay, you're carrying me. This is bad. This is probably my uh, my 1A or 1B pitcher. This is this is my guy. I met him when he was actually with the Peoria Cubs. I got his autograph as a member of the Peoria Cubs. 
Uh, Greg Maddox. Where did Greg Maddox end his career? Obviously a Brave and a Cub, but did not end his career with either the Braves or the Cubs. I should know this, and I don't. Man. Is it San Diego? Good good call. Wrong, but good call. Right state. Correct state. Oh, that has to mean it's Jay. L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> ended with the Dodgers. Greg Maddox ended his career with the Dodgers. Oh, good. He did. All right, well, let's finish this up. We've got two more. Two more. Two more Hall of Famers, big-time Hall of Famers. This one, Parker, going to lay this one at your feet. Hank Aaron. Which team did Hank Aaron end I'm his career you, with? I'm telling you. I'm, my brain is not on straight right now. I, I'm not, I don't know any of this stuff. I should. I knew it at one point. I actually saw the baseball card with him wearing this jersey, and it just felt wrong. Yeah, I felt that about a lot of players. Um, I should know this. Jay, do you have any idea? Are you thinking right? Because I'm not. Uh, was it the Brewers? It was the Brewers. Oh, Hank Aaron ended his career with I the don't. Milwaukee Brewers. And it was Milwaukee. Milwaukee Brewers. So, it, wow. so he started as a Milwaukee Brave. Correct. Went back to Milwaukee. Went to Atlanta. I, I remember. Ended up that. back in Milwaukee. I remember hearing that when the Braves played Milwaukee in the playoffs a couple of years ago. They said that. Something along the lines of that. Yep. Okay. I should have known that. Last one. Final one. Where did Babe Ruth finish his career? Who did Babe Ruth finish his career? We know he was a. Uh, he was with Boston, was traded yep. to the that's, Yankees. That's what I was thinking about. Jay, Jay, you seem confident. Are you ready? I've got confident. He was a Red Sox, then he was a Yankee, then he was a Brave. Unbelievable, Jay. Jay, you might have a gift. You might have a gift. He ended his career with the Boston Braves. I will. That's a trivia question I use in my class every now and then is what are the three teams that Babe Ruth played for? And usually everyone gets the Yankees. Most can get the Red Sox, but not everyone gets the Braves. Austin Braves. Well, I obviously need to do my studying <laughs> because I got none of them. Uh, but I did start off the other question two for two, so I'll, I'll, I'm better at that one. Uh, but, Steve, man, this was awesome. This was super awesome. Hopefully you guys are still out there listening. Um, this is a longer episode, just a lot of fun things to talk about. Um, I'll say this, too. We're headed for spring break tomorrow, uh, hitting up spring training in Florida. So we'll come back with some stories of that, or at least I will. And then, Jay, uh, you're going to see some World Baseball Classic in Arizona um, and also some spring training as well, right, and do some hikes and just enjoy uh, Arizona. So we're excited to get back and record again uh, in another week. Uh, man, this has been awesome. Steve, thanks for, for being with us. We are such um, – we're, we're, it's been such a gift that you've been here. Share some wisdom with us. Um, I've been learning from you for several, several years. It's pretty neat now to be coworkers and friends um, and have you on, on a podcast. So so thanks again for being this, here. This was a joy. Uh, obviously, this this hour flew by. It was, it was a lot of fun. So thanks for inviting invite me. Yeah, it was it was fun. Really, probably one of the most fun episodes we've recorded. It was fun to go through and answer those questions and – just awesome to be able to hear your heart. Um, Steve, I know just to echo what Parker said, thankful for you. That's one of the really just sweet things about being able to, to work here is just to be around, be around other people like, like Parker, like Steve, and just the entire community of faculty and of coaches here um, to be around from, to learn from and to be able to have fellowship with. Uh, so thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you for your time. It was awesome. Yep. Well, we're so grateful. Um, man, again, that is episode number six, unless the Lord 
builds the house. Unless the Lord builds the house with Steve Langer. What a gift it's been. Man, that was fun. So y'all, y'all go have spring break. Y'all have fun. See ya.